Welcome to Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot, and this is a special US Masters edition. I've got the Kid MG with us and Top Rope Tedeschi. You guys will be well aware of their antics on the punt. They'd love to have a bet. And we've got an expert in. We've got Adam. Big Daddy Fraser is joining us again. He was hotter than a pistol last year from season one. You know that this is our golfing expert. Welcome back to the show, Big Daddy. How are you, boys? Mate, we're absolutely on fire. We've been filling up on the AFL and NRL all last week, and we've brought in the big guns for uh, for Augusta. You must be pumped. This is uh, it's often billed as the the best week in golf, but it's probably just the best week of the year. You've got the races in Sydney, you've got AFL, you've got NRL. There's stuff going on left, right, and centre. And then just to top it off, you've got uh, the Masters. It's uh, it's a sens- sensational time to be watching TV and uh, and betting on sport, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is, mate. It's my favourite tournament. It's a, it's a lot of people's favourite tournament. Um, there's something just special about Augusta. It's, uh, it's just the, it's so iconic. It's such a great tournament. So I'm pumped, mate. I can't wait. Yeah, Mark and I were lucky enough to go in 2013, and the thing that blew me away was the undulation of the course. It looks like every shot is either above or below the knees, isn't it? Like it's all the off camber. It's, it's unbelievable how much adjustment and the slopes you just can't factor it in off the TV. Or just it's it's so much worse actually there. What do you think of the uh, the course, Big Daddy? Yeah, well, actually, I, believe it or not, I've actually never been. I was always waiting. Uh, once I stopped playing on tour, I was always waiting for my brother to play, um, and I was uh, waiting for him to play to be able to go. Uh, I wanted to save myself for that, and he got very close one year. He was ranked 51st uh, on the cutoff date for the Masters, mm, the top oh. 50 in the world at that point got in. So uh, that was a bit of a bummer, and then um, I didn't end up going. But I, I, I will go at some stage, um, and for the people that I know that have been, they say that the undulation is just nothing like what you see on TV. Um, so I have heard that, and you've, you've been there, Scoot. You, you just confirmed that. So, yeah, I'd love to go at some point. What about you, Top Rope Tedeschi? Uh, Augusta on the bucket list? Oh, on the bucket list, number one on the bucket list, absolutely <laughs> for sure. It's uh, uh, yeah, just everything from yeah, from, from Magnolia Drive on the way. It, it's just the the most magnificent course, the most magnificent history behind it. Uh, and it has a way of always bringing out, or nearly always bringing out, the best of the best. So, yeah, yeah. you look through the, the, the roll call of, of winners, it is obviously one of the great tests because the greats of the game have all won there, and it usually throws up the best. So, uh, I, I love this. I, I love seeing it back in April as well. It was good to have it in November. It's bloody fantastic to have it back in mm, Couldn't agree more. We're sort of lucky. We've got two little hits of the Masters in a very short period of time. What were your feelings walking into Augusta for the first time when you went and had a look at it, Mark? Uh, hungover from the night before is a fair call. Yeah, we did actually. We did get word that uh, we had to do a bit of walking and stuff to training going over there because of, of the hills. They said it's not an easy walk. Mm. Uh, and you and I pounded the pavement before we went. Unfortunately, we didn't combine the enormous drinks the night before. Um, but the weather was hot, so it was a good sweat out. But um, uh, walking in's uh, like no other sporting event I've been to. I've been lucky enough to go. To quite a few around the world, more in racing uh, terms, but walking into Augusta's like you know, it's a, it's. I'm not a religious man by any stretch, but uh, <laughs> I can't believe the amount of people that walked in through the gates and then basically just all took it in. A lot of people getting down on one knee, just picking up a bit of the grass, kissing the grass, whatever. It's just crazy. Like it's just, uh, it's definitely a bucket list. I'm happy I went 2013, and uh, 
whether it's 2022 or 23, uh, we'll I'm looking forward to Little Birdie Tours uh, <laughs> hitting the masters up, and we'll go with some crew, I tell you. Well, yeah, when you go past the big scoreboard there and you're in between the first and the tenth tee, you do. Like, I think the natural reaction for a lot of people is just to break the grass because it's so perfect. It looks like they vacuum it, and it looks like it's not real. It's. I tell my dad and I tell my mates, it's like Disneyland for, for golf people. If you like golf, this will take your love for golf to the next level. It is something to behold let's uh let's get into the serious stuff we're talking and waffling on we need to talk about the betting here because that's what we're trying to do we're trying to find you guys a winner at home i'll go through the top of the market and it's no surprise to see dustin johnson at 950 there with topsport.com.au we've got bryce and dechambeau wow he's uh changing the game isn't he ten dollars justin thomas ten dollars john rahm eleven dollars jordan spieth 13 mcelroy 18 Patrick Cantlay, 21. Xander Shuffley is $22. Brooks Kepka, $29. Colin Morikawa, $29. Big Daddy found him last year. Patrick Reed, everyone's favourite, $34. And Cam Smith, the best chance of the Aussies, most people think, at $41. Daniel Berger at $41. Paul Casey, $41. Tony Finau, $41. Uh, Victor Hovland and Webb Simpson on that quote. I could keep talking, but uh, Big Daddy, let's start at the top of the market first. Let's talk about DJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, DJ, you know, when he won at the Masters last November, he he was the best player in the best form at the time when he won. Um, this, it's only, it hasn't been long since November, however... His last few starts on tour have been very, very poor. Uh, and I definitely like to see someone in, in good, strong current form just prior to playing majors. Um, I I think DJ personally is, is too short in the market at the moment. Um, and I'm happy to take him on for some plays like, you know, top five, etc. So I just I just think he's He's a, just a fraction off at the moment. He could come out and prove me wrong, but I can't I can't take that price just off his last three performances, which have been very, very average. Mm, top rope, Tertia, what do you think? That's gone from a November fixture to all of a sudden hot and dry. DJ, for you? Uh, no, I'm with, with Big Daddy on this one. I uh, I couldn't have him on, on current form. I, I, I do like to see some form coming in. Uh, he's got good form at Riviera. And he's obviously one here, so they're two ticks in his box. But I just couldn't have him in his current form. And I think the firm and fast conditions will probably suit others more as well. So I'll be looking elsewhere. I'll be happy to lay DJ at that price. Mm, and Bryce and DeChambeau, the mad scientist. Seems very sharp. Uh, Bryson? Mm. Yeah, well, Bryson, um, he's doing some new things with golf. He's <laughs> you know trying to hit it as far as he possibly can, which is important when you play Augusta because... A lot of the players that have won there have dominated the par fives and played well there on the on the par fives. That's that's kind of where you make your score. Uh, so he has the ability with his length to play the par fives very well. Um, however, Bryson is a player that's very hard to catch. He's a player that is he's quite inconsistent. That's that's what I mean by hard to catch. He's he's inconsistent. So you know he can go for for example his last few starts tied 42nd, a third, a first, and then tied 22nd. So it's not the start before that he misses a cut. So he's hot and cold. And I don't generally like investing too heavily in players that are hot and cold because, as I said, they're hard to catch. Mm. Thoughts on on Bryson, Mark? Uh, Like the way he goes about it. (laughs) 
he gets the crowd involved, doesn't he? It's uh, it's great to watch, and he plays with the crowd as well. So um, I think he's going to bring a lot of entertainment. You have a big crowd following with the Masters, uh, whether he can win it or not. Uh, but he'll definitely light up some par five, so he'll be uh, full of entertainment around that trap. Back or lay top rope? Uh, lay for me. Uh, I'd definitely like to see a quality you know, top shelf iron player here. Uh, I don't think Bryson fits that mould completely at the moment. I agree with I agree with Adam that uh, uh, the upside is there. He absolutely has the ability to win, as he showed at Wingfoot last year. But yeah, you know, I, I there's just there's just too much inconsistency about his game, and you know I, I definitely prize kind of the second shot more than the first shot here at Augusta. So I, I'm laying definitely the price as well. Mm, JT, JT yeah. Justin Thomas is the next in the market. Big Daddy. Yeah, uh, yeah. So just uh, also, just um, also on Bryson, he he struggles a lot with his distance control with his irons, and and what's very important around Augusta is it has a lot of shelves and shelves and levels, and you've got to be able to hit it on the right tiers to get good putts at the hole, um, and that that may be his downfall. I think he can play the par fives very well, which is important, but if he if he struggles to control his distance with his irons. It could pull him back to sort of midfield. Mm. I'm seeing a lot of nodding from uh, Nick Tedeschi in the background there too. But um, moving on to Justin Thomas, there's a few people on the Twitter sphere that have found Justin. Thoughts, Big Dad? Yeah, Justin Thomas is a player that's in form. He's playing well. Um, he's definitely one of my top picks. He came in nearly, I think it was the top of my rankings. Yeah, so uh, he's he's a big show. Top rope. Yep, I went on him as well, definitely. Uh, he's not uh, my best bet in terms of value, but he's definitely my pick of the, the top handful. Uh, although he's went the players, was outstanding. He's obviously come back from some kind of slight issues with his game, but more kind of emotional concerns off the off the course. Uh, he just has uh, a great game for it. I love his trend at the Masters over the last five years. He's improved at every run. He's yeah. uh, he finished with a uh, T4 uh, in, in November. He's got a wonderful, wonderful iron game, ranks third in strokes gain approach. Uh, and I also kind of look towards uh, putting average as well. Uh, I know faster greens make it hard, but he puts really well on, on difficult greens. So uh, Justin Toss, I think, is a tremendous bet for me. Mm. Mark's nodding. Yeah, I was just seeing his, um, his history at the uh, Augusta. His last five times, he's, he's improved each time. He's gone from 39th for, uh, five years ago, and the last two times, he's gone 12th and 4th. So in racing terms, he's uh, looks like he's been trained by Bart Cummings, ready for the Masters here. So, um, yeah, he looks looks uh, definitely in my top five, the ratings I've been given. So uh, I'll follow these two guys in. Mm. John Ram is the next, uh, or Ram is the next embedding, and he's got the nappy factor. Everyone's talking about the new baby in his life. Phrase, thoughts on John Ram? Uh, yes, that, that can be um, one of the only little distractions that can take you away from your practice and preparation. But outside of that, John Rahm is probably my top pick for the Masters. Uh, he is arguably the best player in the world right now. Um, he's From his last nine starts, he's had seven top ten finishes. So that's extremely consistent. He's only... He finished in one of those that he finished outside the top ten... He finished 13th. So he's pretty much finishing top 10 every single time he tees it up. He's due to win a major. Uh, he's got the right ball flight for probably the way Augusta's going to play this year. Um, he's, 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 yeah, I've got him. I, I think he's, he's top of my list. 
Mm, I'd, I'd agree. I love the way he you know, he got round Augusta last time and he just seems to have the right sort of temperament. When the whips get cracking and the pressure starts to build later in the tournament, he's definitely the uh, the golfer that I want to be with. Top rope, Tedeschi? Yeah, I find him really difficult to assess, actually. Uh, I can definitely yeah, I can definitely buy into the case that, that, that he can win. Uh, he's got great form at, you know, at, at Riviera, which I, I think is a, is a major guy here. He loves firm and fast conditions, so that's going to suit well. He's obviously played well here. He's super consistent. I am concerned about, you know, about the, uh, the 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 baby factor that's coming into it. And I'm also <laughs> concerned he has these opportunities in, in majors and hasn't grasped one yet. So, uh, won't be backing him at the price, but wouldn't be wouldn't be rushing out to lay him either. What about your little sneaky set out wide? One of your bookie mates, uh, Mark, has he got Ram? Ram? Yeah, um, he's actually got Ram on top. So uh, I'm going to be taking some of the, uh, <laughs> around the uh, $13, $14. I see that, uh, again, he's got three top 10 finishes mm. uh, in the last three outings at the Masters, and he's got a good average and everything like that. So fast track suits him. Maybe he can uh, find a babysitter for this week, just uh, concentrating on his golf. Being Nice output to get his first major, I think. So, uh, yeah, Ram, Ram's on top in my ratings. It was at Easter last week, and Adam Fraser's bunny for last year was Jordan Spieth. But all of a sudden, this bunny has got the Energizer batteries back in him. We're talking about Jordan Spieth. I used to call him the ATM when he was on that hot run, and I can remember the British Open, his charge that day. I, he's made me a lot of money, Jordan Spieth. I've dropped off him for quite some time, but uh, is it time to get back on Spieth now, Big Dad? Uh, well, the market's totally overreacted to him. He's, they've, they've, they've drived him in so short based on his current form, and if you go back five or six tournaments, you start to see a string of miscuts and inconsistency in his form. Look, I'm not going to take too much away from him. He's in red-hot form at the moment. He won last week at Texas. He didn't beat much, though, at Texas. Uh, it wasn't an overly strong field. Uh, so he does love Augusta. When he gets his spring in his step, he's, he's mentally um, a very, very strong player. He's dangerous when he's in contention. And now that he's won, he's going to have He's going to be full of confidence, but the price is just ridiculously short, and I, I, there's no way I can take that. I'm, you know, I'd be happy to lay him at that price for top five rather than try and back him for any sort of outright or top ten. Mm, and I know that you're you're set that you're going to uh, you, you're going to sub out for this tournament, and you're doing all the majors for us. So it's twenty two dollars for every uh, tournament here. All four majors will cover on Little Birdie. You get Big Daddy sets. What price have you got him rated before the tournament uh, sets live? We're going to send out your rated prices. What price, roughly, have you got Jordan Spieth there? How, how uh, from memory, I've got him. I haven't got it right in front of me, but from memory, I've still got him um, at $80. I, wow. It's a, it's a big discrepancy in the price at the moment. The reason being is I've put a lot of emphasis on how consistent they are over the whole year. The previous 12 months i know he's in good current form and i do take that into consideration but uh, there's a little bit of yeah i do have to shorten that price a little bit just off my gut instinct the reason being is jordan's come out and said that the time that he was playing poor he did have an injury and he didn't really make that public so he's now come out and said that which um it sort of changes things a little bit. You probably have to wind that that price of eighty four dollars in, just to allow for that. Um, but I I just I can't have him at the price. There's no there's no way. So top rope Tedeschi. Price is absolute insanity. 
I, I thought I, I thought I read it wrong. I thought, yeah, thirteen dollars out there. I, I, I genuinely thought thirty-one dollars would be the, the price you'd be at. Uh, in the last sixty years, have you two two players have won uh, the week prior to the Masters and come and won at Augusta? So it's typically not the best form line to to uh, be playing the week before the best preparation. I should say I, I absolutely could not have been the prize. I, I I love Jordan Spieth. I wish him all the luck in the world. Uh, golf is better for Jordan Spieth being better, but uh, I could not have been the prize. Mm, golf is one in the noodle, Mark. You've seen me explode on the golf course and. I can't get that thought out of my head, him having that absolute meltdown at Golden Bell. If he's, I know he's probably going to not make the same mistakes there, but once you have a big explosion like that, especially at a place like Augusta, I think that can haunt you. And I think that's happened to Rory McIlroy, who had that big lead and dusted it off. The mental game of golf is so important, and I'm worried that that he's going to have a nightmare the last night, the last round. And he sort of said that after his win the other day. He said that was a the best he's felt going into a tournament uh, that you know in the final round. That could come back to haunt him, couldn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, all he can do is win. Um, but obviously, he didn't beat too much out there. But, yeah, he's not. Uh, he hasn't made it on, on, on my ratings list here. And these guys are uh, obviously at the price. They're a clear pot. So um, looks like he's one delay. Mm-hmm. All right, let's look at uh, the better roughies. Or another person who has pretty long odds here is Brooke Kepka, $29 at topsport.com.au. What are your thoughts around Brooks? I know you've always got a big opinion yep. about Brooks. Uh, you have to throw Brooks in at the price. It's He he had a patella knee injury, a patella tendon knee injury last year uh, that showed a bit of inconsistency in his form. But if you have a look at Brooks in majors, the guy just turns up. He finds a way generally... To, to play very well in the majors. He's tough mentally. Uh, he won in Phoenix. He's, from his last three starts, he's had a win and a second. And although he hasn't played a lot of golf, you cannot leave him out. He's just too dangerous a player. And, he, and if you leave him out, he can really hurt your book. So yeah, you have to throw him in, in my opinion. Mm, recently uh, engaged to Jenna Sims, I see, through the, uh, the social pages there. I like to keep a close eye on what Paulina and Jenna are up to. What about you, Top Rope? Are you backing or laying Brooks? I'm backing Brooks. Very keen on him at the price. So I think you know, he's out to a very backable price. The only red flag is how he's recovered from that knee surgery, which he had uh, 19 days back. So that's obviously a concern with the, with the you know, particularly how hilly the course is. Uh, but I, I love his profile. I love that he won in Phoenix. Yeah, he was runner-up at the, at, at the WGC workday. I think he was very poor there. And he won Paul Rand costume at the Genesis. He ranks really well in kind of some key stats for me, including uh, par four birdie or better. Uh, he's got a great, great course form. He, he lists for the majors. Uh, I, I think he's a great price. I'll, I'll definitely be on it for $29, that's for sure. Mm. Any notes there on Brooks Kepka? Not on the sheet? Didn't make my top five, but uh, listening to these two fellas, sounds like he's an overbet there, so... Um... Might, might have to make it a top six. Got to be on. Okay, looking outside the market, best Ruffy. We'll go to you first, Big Daddy. I know Big Daddy, he doesn't like to do much of his business pre-post. He likes to pick off other prop markets, so make sure you check out his set, only $22, and he's good with the head-to-heads and the top 20s and all that sort of thing. So as soon as Big Daddy has seen a round of golf, he just keeps readjusting, and he'll talk about his chances there. So after every round, you'll cop an email from Little Birdie. So it's not all done and dusted before they start. You'll get uh, an update after every round. But uh, who's your best roughie for the tournament? Or is there anyone that you're specking out wide to jump off the page at uh, big odds there, Big Daddy? Uh, well, Brooks was one of my um, roughies at sort of $30. Another one that I... Uh, look, he hasn't been in 
great consistent form just recently. But as a player overall, he he keeps coming in as a very consistent player on the top of my stroke averages, and that's Webb Simpson. He's at fifty odd dollars in the market, um, and he's he's definitely a play. I mean, he's good enough to win. He's won majors. He's won a major before, so he's won the U.S. Open. He knows how to win majors. He's worth throwing in at the price, I think, just as a just as a small play. What about you, top rope, best ruffy, best bolter? Yeah, there's a few here. Oh, yeah, I, I like Webb as well. Uh, Tua Hatton was certainly there. If we're going to go real wide, uh, a guy, this is probably not to, so much win, but someone who I, I, I'm definitely looking at uh, for the top five, top 10, top 20 markets, uh, Max Homer at $161 to win. Yeah. I just love his form at Riviera, as I mentioned earlier. I think that's uh, that's that's a very good course guide. Uh, for Augusta, I think he is a big chance here to you know, make the cut uh, and finish pretty highly. He you know, finished T22 at concession, ranked seventh on tour in putting average, seventh in half life performance, which I think is a real key guide to, to Augusta. And uh, in his last nine starts, he's finished top 22 in seven of them. So... He's kind of got that consistency heading in. Look, it's a big class jump, and yeah, you know, it would be a, it would be one of the, the, the big masters upsets of all time. But I can definitely see him kind of featuring at the, the pointy end of the leaderboard. Mm, don't get never get scared of taking big big odds. Upsets do happen, and it's good to have a small little investment on something out wide. What about you, Mark? Are your ratings uh, specking anything at giant odds? Um, just mid range. I just wanted to ask the gents if they like uh, Tony Fee now. Any uh, mm. any thoughts there on uh, Tony? Big Daddy first. Uh, Tony Fenner, yes, he's he's playing very well. He's consistent. He in if for a win market. Um, to me, he does too many dumb things under pressure where you just shake your head out and you're just like, I can't believe you just did that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't. He's a player that you can have for top tens and sort of top twenties and things like that. At the price, he's he's definitely someone to consider for that for a win market. Under the heat of the battle, trying to win the Masters, I'm not so sure whether he's just mentally there yet. Mm. Okay. I'm going to be specking uh, Scotty Scheffler at sixty to one or better. What are your thoughts there, Big Daddy? Scotty Scheffler, um, not for me. Um, go ahead if you if you want to back him, Scooties. Look, he's playing well. He played well in the match play. Uh, he got to the final, which was good. Um, he, yeah, he's, he popped up in the, the PGA last year. He's, he's thereabouts on my list. I think he comes in about sort of 20th. Um, he's a, he seems like he's about the right price. Yeah. Well, I'm going to halve my stake after listening to Big Daddy there. <laughs> he's just taking the wind out of my sails just a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> it looks like there's uh, a strong contingent here. The uh, John Rahm is definitely in the mix. JT's probably rock bottom. Um, and Brooks Kepka looks to be the, uh, the big danger here. But... It's definitely take on Spieth at the price, but uh, if you want to get rest, the rest of Big Daddy's thoughts, make sure you head to Little Birdie Shop. $22 for the US Masters, but you get a discount if you get all four majors. It's $77, and those prices include GST. Big thanks, Rose. I know you've got a big day today. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll uh, we'll catch up, catch up with you very, very shortly. All right. Thanks, guys. That was Big Daddy Fraser, and a big thanks also to Top Rope Tedeschi. He does not sleep Masters Week. He just goes rugby league all up the US Masters. What a great tournament it is, and thanks for joining us, Nick Tedeschi. Absolute pleasure. Can't wait to see the next major. 
We're going to take a short break, and up next we've got Corey McKernan. He's been to the US Masters more time than any of us, and he absolutely loves it. He's got his own podcast called Walk With Me. He's doing great job there for mental health and as always big thanks to our presenting sponsor punningform.com.au australia's best online form database if you're betting on the ponies we'll take a break and we'll get Corey up next welcome back to little birdie podcast i'm your host scoot i've got the kid mg aka the bandit on the golf course he is a very hot worker he's taken my money before and he'll probably take yours so make sure you don't play golf with mark goodwill for cash he will knock you around. Now, this is our US Masters edition, and who better to talk to than Corey McKernan? He ran his uh, CM Ultimate events for many, many years, and he's been to so many Masters trips. I'm absolutely jealous, but a big thanks for joining us this week, Corey. How are you going, boys? Yeah, at least uh, Mark's actually requested that I talk about his eagle. That was the only way he said I could get on this show. So, <laughs> Is it still the only eagle that was uh, made on the tour? No, I think I think Greg Blewett <laughs> might have had everyone covered. I'm I'm pretty sure he made it, would have made yeah. several eagles over the journey. But uh, I must admit, I, what was it? It was a three wood into about the seventh or eighth hole at Spyglass Hill, wasn't it? You can build it up a bit better. Than <laughs> it was, uh, I, 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 I don't want to pump your tyres up too much. <laughs> I, I was sharing the cart with Corey, and uh, he said he got lucky on the drive. I think it might have uh, just spilled out into the fairway, and I was going up there, and he said, I played this hole before, and uh, it's very hard to carry the water onto the green, so he advised me to light, lay up. I said, listen, I'm probably only going to play this course once, so I'm having a crack. And when it went on the green, he was just shaking his head for the next three or four hours. Couldn't believe it. I think oh, your two-shot he... come off the cart path. <laughs> oh whack oh fantastic stuff if uh, you just joined us yeah mark and i were lucky enough to go to 2013 and watch adam scott win the masters and Corey's hospitality was fantastic we're going to try and line up a uh a post-covid tour and get Corey and all the boys along to the us masters so make sure you reach out slide into our dms if you uh, want to go to a post-covid uh augusta masters trip a bucket list bring your old man bring your mates it is unbelievable we've been there and Corey's been there a lot we'll uh, we're definitely going to check it out mark it's probably your best goal experience Adam Scott winning it's just a dream come true and the tour was just top notch playing Pebble and Spyglass the lead up fucking knew how to do it Corey didn't he yeah no it was amazing and uh, you know even the journey getting there that uh, you know you invited me uh, onto a corporate golf day I think it was uh, stakes day that you might have uh, invited me you said someone's pulled out do you want to come uh, just thought it was a normal uh, corporate golf day and we ended up uh, winning the day and uh, the prize was to go on uh, one of Corey's tours to the Masters. It was an unbelievable experience. Mm, it was fantastic. Corey, uh, talking about Augusta, I, I'd describe it as Disneyland for golfers. You've been so many times. What were your? Can you still remember the first time that you walked into the gates of Augusta? Yeah, I think everyone's a little bit... It was one thing I used to love about doing the tours was seeing the reaction of everyone when they came back from Augusta National. And I don't think... I think every time that you go back there and you see the place it still blows you away um just seeing augusta national for the first time i think for those golfers out there it's probably one of the biggest golf courses that you'd ever go to um i think the enormity of the property is the thing that probably surprises you and then the other thing that'll probably blow you away is yeah how hilly the place is so the drop from the the 10th tee down to the 10th green is the same height as the statue of liberty so that gives you an indication of how mm. 
how well that's a big drop on that hole but just how undulating augusta is and you know walking around there boys you know i mean when it gets to 26 27 degrees i always say to everyone you really want a day from our point of view and probably the players feel the same but you re- you'd really like the weather to be in the low 20s in, in our temperature um but once it starts to get up over sort of 26 27 degrees it it, it can get pretty warm walking around there as you guys both know Mm. You would have to tail cup, wouldn't you, MG? Yeah, especially with a dollar beers as well. The picture, uh, they still got the prices from, what, the 1970s, is it? Like, it was crazy. So, uh, yeah, it's good drinking weather. Speaking of walking, Corey, uh, you're doing fantastic work. This walk for me, run us through. The people that haven't come across this podcast, you do an amazing thing. It was born out of COVID. You do a morning walk for mental health. It's It's fascinating stuff. Yeah, well, the reason why I ended up starting it, I... I, well, yeah, I saw a headline in the Australian newspaper that the suicide toll was unfortunately going to outstrip the coronavirus toll. And uh, with great mates in uh, Wayne Swass and that has got uh, Pucker Up and you got Jake Edwards that has got uh, outside the locker room, I thought, well, what, what can I actually do? You know, I mean, I, I think I was pretty frustrated in the space that there were so many times that, we're all great at talking and yeah, throwing money at it. But then the only thing I've ever known is probably physically training and then probably, I mean, um, trying to always find ways to get better. So I combined the two in and then as we're doing now, we, we can do a lot of things via zoom. And so I just created a, a zoom walk where everyone can walk and talk and share ideas. And I was really conscious from the start. I just wanted to make it that, you know, I mean, if someone was struggling, well, it's much easier to get them um, to come go for a walk or anyone if, you know, I mean, you, you're trying to speak to someone rather than to sit down and feel like you're under pressure having a coffee or having a conversation, which is great, by the way. But if it's a lot easier just to say, hey, mate, let's go for a walk. And then that's how the thing evolved from there. And you always just try and get great guests on there. And the, and the thing that I always say to everyone that's about, you know, I mean, if you can develop tools in your kit bag that you can thrive in any environment, well, um, you know what I mean? You, you should never get yourself into any strife. That's the thing. And we've got another segment. It's called Raise. Uh, we do a segment for raise.org.au. And I'm a massive fan of mentors. And I know, like, everyone's lost a job along the line and have taken, you know, six, 12 months to bounce back. And everyone's had dark days. So there's, there's no shame in. Um, having a flat spot, but just to keep going. Sometimes you just need, you know, some a break to go your way, or just to talk it out, or find a mentor or someone that um, you can thrash out your problems. So I think it's 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 uh, it's amazing stuff that you're doing, and some of the guests that you've had on are, are unbelievable. Some are like the biggest names in sport, and the absolute pearls. And you said you, that's what you've said. You've you, all these little tools and t- tips and techniques, and it might be just something that someone successful has once said, or just to keep your head, or that little bit of encouragement, just to you know go for the next try that the next day. I think it's uh it's definitely important well the the movement i think is pretty pretty vital uh and then the other part is i think what what usually happens that i think a lot of people have already had a lot of successful habits in their lives anyway and all that we're doing is reminding them um of things that they've probably previously done that they've stopped doing so that's where it's been uh i mean to be able to get a lot of messages from people to say that, oh yeah, I'd forgotten that, yeah, about going for a walk or going going to the gym or whether it's taking time out or whatever the hell it is or they were drinking too much or all these things, 
it's it's really about facilitating ideas and, and get people to be able to think and walk and talk at the same time. Where can they uh, check it out, Corey, for people wanting to ch- tune into the podcast? Well, yeah, if you want to get on the Zoom walks, but all the information is at Walk With Me Online. That's the name of the, the, the website. And, yeah, you can you can join us on the Zoom walks. We do those at 6.45 a.m. on a Tuesday and a Thursday. And then we've usually, as you mentioned, we've had some feature interviews every week. Last week we had John Longmire. Uh, next week I've got James Heard coming up. So, um, yeah, we end up having some great, great guests and be able to pick their brain. And it's good for people to hear that, you know, I mean, that everyone goes through tough times, but to hear from these, you know, I mean, great people we get to talk to, it's, um, I suppose it just humanizes that we all go through problems, but if they can hear from people they admire, well, I, I think it's, it's a great thing. Mm, I couldn't agree more. It's, uh, you just, you just reeled off some massive, massive names and, it just goes to show, yeah, the tough times and dark days affects every spectrum of life. It doesn't matter how much money you got or how much success, there's the highs and lows and you just got to keep on pushing on. So fantastic stuff, Corey. Can't believe um, the impact that you must be having on people's lives. It must be very rewarding for you. Now, let's talk about Augusta. How many times? How many times have you got to go across to Augusta? Uh, I think in the end, it was 11 or, or 12 times. Um, and look, the funny thing is, like whether it's uh, I know the ones that you guys were obviously incredibly fortunate that you got to see the first time an Australian had ever won at Augusta. But I think for me, and as you you guys would have seen, the favourite part or favourite parts about looking back about you know, I mean all the people that get to go. I think it's just how quickly that you can throw people from all over Australia into a group, and but they've all got that one common bond that they all love golf and they all love the u.s masters and it's probably just all like little silly things whether it's either being at the houses that we stayed or whether it's uh i mean even getting the bus rides you know i mean where we'd go from aiken into augusta and just the banter and stuff that would happen on that that was nearly as good don't get me wrong going to pebble beach and and playing spyglass hill pebble beach these great courses and and going to augusta but it really was a a fantastic week that you always look back pretty fondly on. Mm. What about the time that you played Augusta? Surely you played around. Uh, <laughs> I was very close to playing one year, and then the 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 kind member that was going to host me, he had to go up to Atlanta for business, and uh, what a I wasn't really in a position to say you should cancel your meeting, <coughs> um, even though you're trying to explain, hey, I'm actually here from Australia, and. Um, <laughs> my whole life. <laughs> I don't think the membership at Augusta really take kindly to maybe pushing their buttons because that's your probably chance of ever playing going down the gurgler. Wow, that uh, I talk about sick beat and Mark. Have you um, have you caddied at the Masters? Did you caddy for uh, Leishman or something one one year? Uh, I caddied for, for Michael Campbell. Now this hat that oh, I've got on now. Um, is you only get this hat when you caddy in the Masters, so it's probably different to all the ones that you guys have got. I only ever probably wear it once a year, and then the rest of the time it sits on the on the shelf up there. So I only ever probably put it on Masters week if I'm watching the US Masters, and I try and protect it. I actually got this this cap when I caddied in the Par Three tournament, so I was pretty fortunate. I don't know whether you can see it. So in, on the last hole of the Par Three tournament, I got to hit a shot which is a pretty cool no, photo. No. Oh, no way. No, that's your swing. 
Wow. And it is quite interesting that when they give you the overalls, when you go in and, and, and caddy, uh, number one, I don't think they were really made for people that were six foot five. Uh, so they were a little <laughs> bit short and they are a little bit tight. And then the other thing, having Michael Campbell's wedge was probably a little bit shorter than my own. But the really, the really strange part is when I got over the ball, it was, I had a pretty quick conversation with myself where I basically just said, you know what, I've actually been waiting to hit, hit, a, hit a shot here for all, all my life. And I, thankfully, I didn't hit it in the water. I, I hit it a little bit thin and over the back. But the, that, that picture, it actually does make it look like I've hit the best shot of all time. So <laughs> it's for the... As long as I got the follow through, I don't care. It actually looks like I've hit a great shot. But funnily enough, I did actually, um, I did actually get to putt on one of the greens where I think Michael Campbell had started bogey bogey in the par three tournament, and um, I think I was getting stuck into him as Australians and Kiwis can. And <laughs> I think on the third hole, he hit it to about fifteen foot, and then he threw me the putter and said, "Hey, you can putt, putt on this hole." And then. Um, I proceeded to roll it in, and then I think he birdied the next three or four holes in a row. And I, I, I'm taking credit that I got a, I got us going at before <laughs> <Bit of momentum. laughs> then. Yeah, you're on your own. But then when we started going well, it was started being we. <laughs> yeah. Outstanding stuff. Yeah, the par three tournament that is just unbelievable for me. It was uh, as a mad fan, it was just as good as watching the tournament itself. Just surrounded by the stars, you're in close combat. You can nearly touch them. You can get autographs and stuff. And it just hits you that you're there, and yeah. it's it's something else, isn't it? Mark? Yeah, they just um, one thing I find about the Masters. Is I haven't been to uh, that many golf tournaments overseas. I've been to quite a few in America, but they just do everything right. The Masters, mm. and uh, you know, from A to Z, they don't miss a trick. They really look after. They know what a big event it is, uh, but they treat everybody with the best that they can from the mm. practice from players' practice area. Um, for the par three day, yeah. um, right the way through, they let the um, viewing public get as close as they can on most holes, mm. and it's uh, that's why I think it's part of such a great trip. And the other upside is on the par three time, you can get you can take your phone in, so you can take all the pictures um, then. Yeah. And but then once you get to the real tournament, I love that. I sort of I love and I hate it. I I love the fact that they don't let you have your mobile um, on the big days. But again, from as a punter. Uh, I'd like to lay off and I'd like to bet and I'd like to be more engaged with it, even though, you know, you're absolutely filling up just to be there in person. Now, let's get you for a you quick can, tip. You can take, yeah, you can take your camera in on the mm. on the practice days, but you can't take your phone in on any day. Yeah, right. Yeah. But um, speaking of uh, watching a lot of the US Masters, who's your tip? We're a betting show here, Corey. Your best bet, uh, best shorty and best roughy for the tournament. I know you watch it very religiously. Nico, I started looking at this and I seriously, you could end up this year, end up building a case for about the top 12, <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> like, it was just, when you look on there, when I look through, when you got Johnson, DeChambeau, Thomas, Spieth, Rahm, McElroy, Cantlay, Kepka, Scherfley, like even, the, and Cameron Smith, all those guys, you could nearly legitimately build a case to say, you know what, they've either played Augusta well, and that's the thing I look for when for those out there that are listening in. And it's, yeah, there's the ones that are the bleeding obvious. And so to answer your first question, I don't know. I, I have a feeling either Justin Thomas or Jordan Spieth this week. Um, 
I feel like Justin Thomas has been tracking really well at Augusta the last few years and had pretty good form. And Spieth has had really good form in the lead-in. The ones that are amazing, amazing value. So these might be ones that are maybe more, I would say, either top tens or um, is Mark Leishman still has, has finished in the top. I think the year that Adam Scott won, he finished either tied for third or tied for fourth. And then the other one that is still crazy odds and is still hitting it a long way, even though he's 51 years old, is Phil Mickelson, I can see at the moment, is well over 100, 100 to 1. Now, the way that the course is playing, where it's hard and fast at the moment, it's going to play nothing like what it was in November. From all reports, it's it's even really fast this early in the week. So I think Augusta pretty much said, we don't really care how far you blokes are going to hit it, but the, the bit where we're going to get our advantage back is going to be in and around the green. So... I would suggest the guys that really know how to play Augusta well um, and have had previous good good form there, I'd look through. That's what I mean. The likes of you want great value. The likes of Mickelson and Mark Leishman and these sorts of guys that have actually played the course well before. Even Louis Oosthuizen, he's another one that's actually played well there previously. Justin Rose is an interesting one as well, but he, he hasn't had great form as late. But Justin Rose has finished runner-up twice, so... Look, it's um at the top end of the field. I find it hard to pick. At the bottom end, I, I can see some great value with the likes of Leishman and and Phil Mickelson. Mm, about the two hundred to one or one hundred and fifty to one for Leishman. He does go around there on rails and two hundred to one for Phil Mickelson. And if you're looking at topsport.com.au, the uh, the top twenty market, you can get four dollars for Leishman to finish top twenty. Not a bad bet. And then uh, Lefty, I love uh, Mickelson. He's just an absolute entertainment machine. He's five dollars to finish Ooh. top twenty. Well, Mickelson with that one, Nico, he could turn into our new version of what Freddie Couples used to be. Remember all those yeah. years where Freddie used yeah. to just bob up. I don't know. I think he he can he might contend for a couple of rounds or three rounds, but just can't finish it off. And Freddie was like that for a number of years. From a, I know from a punting point of view at the Masters, we always used to throw him in there and just have dreams that he might be able to finish off, but he never could. Mm-hmm. Fantastic stuff. I can relate to that a lot. I think uh, that's uh, fantastic stuff, and uh, the insight around Augusta is sensational. You need a horses for courses player, and yes, the undulation at Augusta is something that you can never quite imagine. You're off camber every shot you're playing, so I don't mind that little pearl for Leishman and uh, Mickelson, that's for sure. Big thanks, Corey. Walk With Me Online is where you find his podcast, and uh, check it out. Jump on the Zoom chat if you're having a good or a bad day or just want to hear from um, some absolute superstars about mental health, make sure you uh, check Corey's walk. He's doing amazing things. Thanks for joining us, Corey. Thanks, boys. Not a problem. Enjoy. That's the uh, end of the show for the Little Birdie Podcast, US Masters edition. We'll uh, bring you guys a golf podcast for all the big majors, and we might start looking at the Australian tournaments in the back half of the year once the uh, the crazy racing and AFL and NRL seasons are back. Hope you enjoy it. Make sure you head out to the Little Birdie shop, littlebirdiepod.com backslash shop and get on Big Daddy stuff. He's the best golf expert I can find in Australia and you should uh, jump on board. $22 for a tournament or $77 for all four majors. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Mark. Outstanding work. Thanks, Nico. It's been a good show. Chat to you next week.